Oh, that's wonderful. Hey, a warm welcome to everyone this morning. We're so glad that you're here again with us this morning. And um, if you're visiting us for the first time, uh, a massively warm welcome to you. Thanks for coming. And uh, if you came for the dedications, we're so thankful that you gave that time this morning. And we want to invite you to come back and join us another time at Family Church. I hope you've uh, felt at home with us and um, enjoyed your morning. Now, I've actually been away for three Sundays and uh, I was traveling around and we had incredible times with God. I was able to travel around different parts of Florida and minister and also Alabama. Um, One of the things that really blessed my heart was in Alabama, I had the opportunity of teaching the whole Soul Winner Boot Camp course to 250 young people and uh, then see them sent out. Um, I don't know if we have ignition today, do we? Is ignition on? I see young people leaving and stuff like that. Okay, I'll leave that to uh, whoever is in charge of that. But we had an amazing time of ministry in America where we just saw people encountering God in a fresh way. And that's what it's all about, isn't it? And also, on a a, a more personal note, I was able for the first time in seven years to spend five days with all of my children. And um, that was such a blessing. It's been about seven years since we could be together as a family for what they know in America as Thanksgiving. But um, I was really thankful to the Lord that we were able to come together as a whole family, no one missing, and just spend five days together. And uh, those things bless your heart, don't they? Family are a gift to us. Brilliant. Well, I'm going to jump into the final part of family values in a few moments. Just want to underline, next week we have got a special afternoon Christmas service at 3 o'clock, all right? I know sometimes people hear, but they don't hear. So let me just say it again. Next Sunday morning, we will not be here, okay? If you come, it's because you're helping us to set up for the afternoon event at 3 o'clock, But the good news is um, we will be on our online congregation. So if you want to join us at 10.30 next week, we have a live online congregation. And I think that's all the young guys just got the news flash that Ignition isn't on and they're all coming back. So hey, let's give them a big welcome back. So next week, um, the next couple of weeks is unusual because we're coming into the Christmas time. But next week, there's no morning service at 10.30. I think I've said that enough, right? Everybody's, no one's going to blame me if they come next week, right? But there is a three o'clock Christmas service where we're inviting the community to come and join us. The following Sunday, we have a brilliant carol service here, 10.30 in the morning. But I want to encourage you next week, maybe you've never tuned in to online church. You know, we have number of congregations in Portsmouth, Gosport, Haven't, Waterlooville, Waterside, um, and here in Portsmouth. But we also have an online congregation that runs live on a Sunday morning at 10.30. And all you need to do to tune into that, Pastor Sarah runs that on a Sunday morning. All you need to do, say next week, you're like, oh, I miss church in the morning. I just need some worship and some preaching. Well, that's live next Sunday morning. You just go to family.church, our website, and go to the link that's live. And you'll be able to be a part of the online congregation. Wouldn't that be brilliant to encourage Pastor Sarah next week? A load of us tune in. And I'm actually, I made a decision during the final song there. I'm going to go live next week on the online church. So next week, I suddenly realized I don't need a morning off. 
let me go preach somewhere. I thought, well, let me go and preach on online church. So next Sunday, we're going to be doing a live service at 10.30 on online church as well as our afternoon outreach. It's not either or, it's both, right? But come along and join us next week for that. And I know that'll encourage people there. Brilliant. Well, we're in this series and we're finishing a series today called Family Values. And um, we've taken the last 11 weeks to look at the values of family church. We're not just family church by name. We have a culture and we have values that make us um, what we are as family church. So we've been taking the last 11 weeks to look at 11 of the 12 values of things that we're passionate about as a church. Now, other churches may be passionate about other things. There's nothing wrong with that. These are our values as a church for things that make family church family um, or what we are. And we've been focusing on those. And those are values have been, number one, Christ-centered. We are Christ-centered. We are commissioned. We are disciples. We are empowering. We are Bible-believing. We are spiritual. We are worshipers. We are family. We're servant-hearted, community-minded, responsive and today we're going to conclude with number 12 which is we are honorable now i'm sure you'll agree with me each of the pastors have done an amazing job at taking a week to unpack each of these values and i heard great reports back last week from the value of being a responsive people but today we want to look at the final one and again if you're visiting us for the first time you can go back and listen to all of these if they catch your interest by going to our website family.church all of the audios of all of our congregations are on our website you just go to that website go to Portsmouth and you can listen to the one on community minded or servant hearted but today we're finishing with number 12 which is we are honourable now this is a really key one for me because we seem to live in an ever-decaying society when it comes to honour. But it seems that year by year, uh, we're seeing honour become a lesser thing in society. So this one is, we are honourable, and the tagline that goes with it is, we're a people who are giving honour where God says it's due. Now, throughout the Bible, we're going to look in a few moments, the Bible says that there's places that we need to show honour. And we purpose as a community belonging to God to take these things seriously. Now, like I said, we live in a, in a very honourless society at the moment where honouring people seems to becoming less and less. Have you noticed that? But, I mean, I'm 57, I've grown up over 57 years, and I'm seeing people that were honoured getting less honour in today's society than they did when I was younger or when I was growing up. Now, we need to understand that just because society may be choosing to be less honourable, the church doesn't need to do that. The church needs to take a different direction and say, okay, we may live in a world where people are choosing to be less honourable, but we are the people of God and we will keep honour as something that's a value to us and to the church we're a part of. You see, God has called us to be his people, and as his people, that makes us different, doesn't it? You know that, right? Being God's people 
makes us different. It means that we don't respond like everybody else responds. In many ways, we don't live like everybody else lives in the world that we're a part of. And I think of what Jesus taught in Matthew 5, verses 13 to 16, where he makes that incredible statement that we are salt and light in the world. That we are salt, the church, the people of God, are to be different to the world. We're to be like salt and light in the world. Now, salt brings out the flavour, doesn't it? If ever you've gone to someone's house and they, they've done their best at cooking, but it's pretty bland. I didn't look at you on purpose there, Carla. I'm sorry. I was just, when I said that, I was looking at Carla, but I didn't mean anything by that, Carla. It was just where my eyes were. I'm going to take this off because I'm getting warm. Yeah, I just happened to be looking there. I didn't mean anything by that. Let me just, you know when you go to someone's house and they've cooked you something and it's quite bland, you say, could I have some salt? Because the salt will bring out the hidden flavour of the food. There, I'm through that moment. Now, Jesus says we're salt in the world, which means we've got to be different. We've got to live differently in the world than just blending in. When people see us and see the way we live, they should say there's something different about them. And it's the same. Jesus says that we're the light in the world. Where there's darkness, we're not called to blend in with darkness. We're called to stand out. Now, one of the things that causes us to stand out as individuals and as people is when we say we may be in an honourless society that seems to become more anti-authoritarian as the years go by, but we're the people of God and we're going to celebrate honour. We're going to give honour where honour's due. We're going to not conform to the pattern of the world around us but say, no, come on, let's stand out for the ways of God. Now, when you look at the word honour in the dictionary, it means to show regard or to hold someone or something in regard with great respect. It also means to obey, to hearken or to listen to. Now, honour is demonstrated in a person's actions and in their speech, isn't it? You know, sometimes when we talk about honouring people, honour can be in the speech we use about people, it's also in the actions that we show to people. And again, God doesn't want us to live either or. He wants us to be honourable in our speech to each other and to those that the Bible says honour is due, but also that we're to show honour in the way that we act, in how we serve and the way we live out our life. Now, the culture around us may become more dishonourable, but God remains a God of honour. You see, honour is one of those character traits that represents him. And even if the world around us puts lesser value on honour, we need to understand that God is a God who's all about honour. The Bible shows over and over again that honour is a God thing. Showing honour is a God thing. And God will always bless you for taking the root of honour over the root of dishonour. So we want to look this morning in the time that we've got at a couple of specific um, people that God's word says that we should walk in honour regarding. Now time doesn't allow us to go over every person that we should be conscious of walking in honour towards. But the Bible gives us a couple of ones that to me are almost like the top five or the top six. So I'm not saying that 
in leaving people out they don't deserve honour. I'm just grabbing a handful so we can underline the principle. So number one, the Bible teaches us very clearly that we're to show honour to God. That we're to show honour to God. We're to give God the honour that he's due. How do we do that? Well, one of the ways that we do that, according to the Bible, and I'm just going to use a lot of verses this morning, is we show honour to Jesus. Because when you show honour to Jesus, the Bible says you're showing honour to the Father at the same time. So let me read you that from John 5, verse 23. That all may honour the Son, Jesus, just as they honour the Father. Whoever does not honour the Son, Jesus, does not honour the Father who sent him. So we want to be a people who always purpose to be found honouring God, even in a world that may claim to be atheistic or, or, or heathen. We say, no, we choose to be a people who honour God in our words and in our actions. One of the ways that we honour God is to always hold in honour his son who rose from the dead, Jesus Christ. Another way is we honour God with our stuff. When you honour a person, again, it can be verbal, I honour you. Sometimes we honour people by giving to them. There's an action, just like love is a verb, and it's not good enough for love just to be spoken, love needs to be lived out. In the same way, honour needs to be a verb, it needs to be something that we speak. I honour you, I honour you, I honour you. But then we need to have accompanying actions. And this is what happens when we honour the Lord with our giving, our stuff. Let me read to you again Proverbs 3, verse 9. Honour the Lord with your wealth, your stuff, with the first fruits of all your crops. Then your barns will be overflowing and your vats will brim with new wine. Who wants overflowing vats and barns? Are the rest of you, no, not interested? Seriously, who wants barns over... That's better, come on. Sean taught on response last week. Let's get this moving. Well, the way that you see full barns and overflowing vats, according to the Bible, is you walk in honour with God, with the stuff he blesses you with. Now, again, I'm just skipping through this stuff. Another way that we honour God is with our words. That means that we choose not to blaspheme in a blaspheming world. Now, that's a good old-fashioned word, isn't it? Blaspheme. I haven't heard that a lot as I've been growing up in these recent years because I'm not going to stop growing up. It's fun. But when I was young, I was always, oh, don't you blaspheme. Bar of soap in mouth if you blaspheme. Maybe we need to get the soap back out. Because the Bible says that we're to honour God, not blaspheme. The words we use should only ever honour him. This isn't a building site where we use his name to swear. We hold that name in honour. Doesn't it get on your nerves when you're standing somewhere in a busy queue and somebody says, oh, Jesus Christ. Doesn't it get to you? It gets to me. It gets to me, so I have to say, oh, you know him too. I've got to irritate them back. Because that name is the most special name in my life. And in my world, I will not blaspheme that name. It's honour. Here's number two, and some of the kids will like this. The Bible says that you're to honour parents, and all the parents said? 
The Bible says that we're to honour parents. Any parent type in our life, the Bible says we do well when we walk in honour with our parents. There's a lot of verses, but I've grabbed the one, Ephesians 6, verses 2 to 3. <clears throat> honour your father and mother. Remember, honour is hearken, regard, obey. Looking at you, Corbin, right now, I'm picking on the pain family today. It says, honour your father and mother, which is the... I'm only doing that because my kids aren't here. So I'm picking on Corbin this morning. Honour your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise. Again, God promises he'll bless your life if you do this. So that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy a long life on the earth. That's a good promise, eh? How many of the young people want to enjoy a long life on the earth? Are the rest of you just putting up with it, are you? God promises if you honour your parents, he will give you long life and bless you in your life. I think that's awesome. Now again, what may happen outside of the community of us as a church shouldn't be what we encourage and celebrate within the church. We live in a world that doesn't celebrate honouring parents. I mean, I hate it when I watch some of these TV shows and they seem to have this common theme, let's make parents look stupid. Come on, you've seen them, right? Where you watch these TV programs and it's like the kids know everything and the parents are idiots. That's wrong. There's no honour in that. I spoke to our youth group when we were away at MoCamp on the principle of honouring your parents. And I gave them a number of reasons from the Bible about why you should honour your parents. Because when you honour the parents, God says, it goes well with you. You live long in life. You have vision. The Bible says in the book of, I believe it's Proverbs, that if you disrespect or dishonour your parents, the ravens will come and pluck your eyes out. That's not very nice for a Sunday morning, is it? Now, what does that mean? To me, it means you'll lose your vision for life. You see, we've got to train the children and the kids in church not to do what they see their friends do outside the church, which is walk in dishonor to their parents. Because the Bible says there's a promise of blessing on our children when they know how to walk in honor to their parents. And all the parents said... Now, there's many rewards for doing this, and I know this can be a tricky one, not just for kids, but for everyone. Because you may turn around and say, Andy, I'm glad you had a good dad and mum, I didn't. How can I honour my mum and dad if you knew what they did to me? There's a difference between honour and respect. The Bible says that we're to honour our parents, not for what they've done, but for who they are. If the base level is you honour them because they brought you into existence on the earth, build from the base level. Now, I know there's many people that can't respect their parents because their parents have done things that are not respect-worthy. But the Bible is saying here it's a matter of honour that you can't control what they've done, but you don't have to live in the penalty of it. When you purpose to be a person that has forgiveness in your heart and says, I still don't respect what my parents did, but because the Bible says to honour them, I'm going to honour them, you will bring the blessing of God upon your life. Now, I know that's a subject that we could carry on, and many people may have an opinion on that, but I just want to say the Bible doesn't say honour them if. It just says honour them. They stand before the Lord, don't they, for their parenting. 
as we all do. Number three, moving on quickly, because there's a silence that swept the room. The Bible encourages us to be a community that honour older people. Again, you look around if you travel on buses and stuff. When did people stop giving up their chairs for old people? We can't let that be us. We need to be a people that the Bible says that we're to honour aged people, older people. And again, the blessing of God is on us individually and as a house. When we have honour and regard in our hearts for those who are older than us, we choose not to mock them, but to bless and honour them. This is something that we really, at our men's advance, had a huge breakthrough about six years ago. We were doing our men's advance, and you've got about 150 men going away, and we're all singing worship and praise like men. We're, we're doing arm wrestling. Everything's really macho, and, and our, it, it's ooh, ooh. And that includes lunchtime. When the lunchtime bell rings, they're like a bunch of animals. They climb over each other. And I, I was watching this one year, and I was watching some of our older guys at the back, and I said, this isn't right. So before I preached the next message, I said, hey, I'm putting in a new decree based upon God's word. But from this moment forwards in our men's advance, we always let our older men go first. I don't care how hungry you are. Our older men go first. And it was incredible. The men really caught it. And all of our younger men, they laid tables for the older men. And that, son, that, that, that day they served them. It was incredible. But I really believe when God looks at that stuff, he loves it. So what verse did I use? I used the verse from Leviticus 19.32. Stand up in the, present of the, in the presence of the aged. Show respect for elderly and revere your God. I am the Lord. In family church, we're a multi-generational church. And we want to have a culture that's not the same as the world that won't give up its chair, won't speak with respect to those who are older. No, in family church, we choose to say, let's do it God's way. And let's honour those who are older amongst us. Not just with words, but with actions. Here's another one. Number four, marriage. The Bible says that marriage is to be honoured. Marriage is to be honoured. Because marriage comes from God. Do you know that society didn't invent marriage? God did. It's an institution of God. And God invented marriage to look a specific way and involve specific people we purpose as a church that we honour marriage as God designed it. I don't care what the world's trying to reinvent it to be. I never did good at politically correct classes at school because I didn't go to school much, but if they were there, I certainly wasn't in them. I want to be correct towards what God's word says. And God's word said he designed marriage and marriage is to be honoured, not just by those who are in it, by those around it as well. Again, Hebrews 13 verse 4 says marriage should be honoured by all and the marriage bed should be kept pure. 
The marriage bed should be kept for what the marriage bed has been made for. For God will judge the adulterer and the sexually immoral. But the key to that verse is God saying, we're to be a people who honour the institution of marriage as God designed marriage to be. Can I get an amen? amen. Number five is another one that could potentially irritate because we live in an anti-authoritarian age. But the Bible clearly teaches that we're to honour government and leadership. The Bible says it, not me. The Bible says that we do well when we honour, show honour in word and deed to government and leadership. Now, we need to realise that we're living in an age that doesn't know how to show honour to those who have been placed and voted into leadership. I'm not talking about in the church, I'm talking about in the world. Yet the Bible says that we're to walk in honour to leadership and submit to authority of leadership unless the authority of the world asks us to do something that violates the authority of the kingdom of God. Now, if it asks us to do something that violates the authority of the kingdom of God, we have a dilemma. Like the young Israeli boys, when they said, we will not bow down and worship another God. You're going to need to put us in the fire. But you see, before that moment, those three Israeli boys and Daniel lived in submission to the authority of Babylon, which wasn't their kingdom. They'd been brought into it by takeover. When you look at the life of Joseph, the life of Daniel, when you look at God's people that did anything that counted, you see a people that had honour in their hearts because they understood that all authority comes from God. Now, every person in authority has to stand before God for the authority they were given. But the Bible says of us that we're to live submitted and in honour of authority and leadership. You say, well, I don't like that one. Well, let me read you it from Romans. Let every person be subject to governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God. God establishes, the devil establishes anarchy. God establishes authority. And those that exist have been instituted by God. Therefore, whoever resists authorities resists what God has appointed. And those who re will resist will incur judgment. For rulers are not a terror to good conduct, but to bad. Would you have no fear of the one who is in authority? Then do what is good, and you will receive his approval. For he is God's servant for your good. But if you do wrong, be afraid, for he does not bear the sword in vain. For he is the servant of God, an avenger who carries out God's wrath on the wrongdoer. Therefore, one must be in subjection, not only to avoid God's wrath, but also for the sake of conscience. For because of this, you also pay taxes. For the authorities are ministers of God, attending to this very thing. Pay to all what is owed to them, taxes to whom they are owed, revenue to whom revenue is owed, respect to those who respect is owed, and honour to those who honour is owed. 
Now, you may hate that, but it's what the Bible says. That God sets people in authority. They stand before him for the authority they have. And we're to be submissive and honorable towards authority, whether that be a school teacher. Yeah, you didn't like that one, did you? A policeman. Anything that expresses an authority. Now, you're speaking to someone who for 28 years of his life was extremely anti-authoritarian. But I've realized that the blessing of God is that God puts authority in position to make the world a safe place to live. They stand before God for what they do, but our role is to honor them, including paying our taxes. That's a good response there. All right? Do you know that Jesus honoured paying the taxes, don't you? That Jesus was the son of God walking on the earth, the creator of heaven and earth, resident on the planet, and he endorsed pay your taxes. Why? Because he knew that all authority had been established. Now, the, hip- the, um, the hypocrites, the Pharisees and the Sadducees came to him and said to him, you know, um, who do we honour? Let me read you this from Mark 12, verse 15. But knowing their hypocrisy, see, the the Pharisees and the Sadducees come to him and said, well, who's got authority? What did Jesus say to them? You can read it yourselves. He says, give me a coin. And they bring him a coin. They said, whose image is on the coin? And they said, Caesar's. And then Jesus says this, then give to Caesar what's due Caesar. And give to God what is due God. Now, if you can find legal ways to handle your finances that cause you to legally avoid certain taxes, God bless you. But we should never come up with illegal ways that violate the authority of the land to escape taxes that should be paid. Because Jesus said, give to Caesar what's due him. Also, to God what's due him. Give me a couple more minutes because I want to move on to the next one. We also are instructed to the Bible, by the Bible to give honour to church leadership. Now this is unusual because I'm a church leader telling you to honour church leadership. I know, just let's get over the obvious, right? Another form of leadership and authority on the earth is the one of God's rulership on the earth, which is his church leadership. God positions leaders in the church and gives gifts to the leaders to lead the church, and we're to honour the gifts of God. So when we look at our pastors, when we look at the congregational pastors and the leadership teams, Paula, Sean, uh, Carla, Stuart, we do well when we walk in honour towards church leadership because God says it's a thing that's blessed. He actually says that they're gifts given from him to you. Isn't that incredible? Have you ever given somebody a gift and they were absolutely disgustingly uh, terrible with it. Threw it in a cupboard, couldn't even be bothered to look at it again. Doesn't that affect the way that you give them another gift? You see, when we honor the gifts that God gives us, which is ministry, leadership ministry, God continues to bring gifts upon our life. You say, where's that in the Bible? Thank you for asking. Hebrews 13. Obey those who rule over you and be submissive for they watch out for your souls as those who must give an account to God. Let them do so with joy and not with grief, that, that, that this would be profitable to you. What's basically been said in Hebrews is, don't be a pain in the neck to your church leadership when you don't need to be. They've got to stand before God for leading you, 
honour them and make their job easy, not tough. And then Paul, speaking to Timothy, said something along the same lines. He said, let the elders who rule well be counted worthy of double honour. That's huge, isn't it? Honour's one thing, double honour, especially those who labour in the word and in the doctrine of God. So when we read from Hebrews and when we read from 1 Timothy, we see the Bible saying again, we do well when we walk with honour to church leadership. We do well when we walk with honour towards national leadership, parliament, government. But God blesses our life when we have blessing in our heart for the leaders that he places in position. Now, I'm so thankful for the incredible leaders we've got in Family Church, aren't you? Let's just all purpose in our hearts that we're going to walk in honour towards them and their families. Because when we do, we do the right thing, but also invoke the blessing of God. But also, I want us to think about when we have guest ministry coming through. Now, we don't have a lot of guest ministers in Family Church because we've got some incredible preachers. Uh, you know, in our midst, we've got Carla and Paula and Sean and Stuart. And we've got some incredible preachers and teachers in the house. But every now and then when we bring a guest minister through, I want us to always have honour in our hearts. Whenever you see a guest minister come to Family Church and we introduce them, you will always see me and the pastors stand up. Well, I don't want to do that. Well, I am. Because the Bible says that you show honour where honour is due. We need to be honourable towards people. And guest ministry is when God is sending us a gift and bringing us things that could change our lives. I think it's really good that we continue to have a culture that honours when we have guests come through to minister. Can I get an amen? All right, let's wind this into a close. The Bible also says that we're to honour one another. Be devoted to one another in love. Honour one another above yourselves. So it's not just about honouring church leaders, it's about honouring each other. Honouring each other. How do we honour each other? We serve each other. We prefer each other above each other. That's what honour does, doesn't it? When honour's present, it says, no, it's not what I want, it's what you need. So the Bible says that we're to show honour, not just to parents, not just to marriage, not just to God, not just to the elderly, not just to church leadership or government, but we're to live lives that honour each other, show great regard, respect for each other. You know, if we do this, man, that's going to make us stick out in a world that's learning not to honour in such an incredibly bad way. Last verse I'm going to use is uh, 1 Peter 2.17 where God says to us all, honour all people, love the brotherhood, fear God, honour the king. Isn't that a great statement? It kind of makes sure nobody's excluded. Honour all people, love the brotherhood, fear God, honour the king. And if we put those four things in our sights as a church, I believe we're going to just continue to walk in the blessing of God. Because, because society has chose to reject honour, we need to say, we the people of God, say we will not reject honour. You can become more honourless 
we're going to stay faithful to honouring each other, honouring everyone, but specifically giving honour to those that the Bible highlights should receive honour, not just in our words, but in our actions. Honour is an incredible thing. Now, it's not about what society we're in, but some societies are better at honour than others. Do you know, when it comes to looking after the aged, respecting parents, respecting church leadership, Western culture really isn't that good. You go to the Philippines, you go to Africa, you go to Asia, and see the honour that they have for the older people in their family. Man, it's so encouraging. When I've travelled to nations and gone to different cultures in Africa and Asia, Singapore, Malaysia, and I've seen the way that people just naturally honour those who are older, honour leadership in church, honour leadership in the land. It almost makes me come back to England going, well, we're doing all right, but if we got a report, it really would say at the bottom, could do better. But where does doing better where it comes to honour start? We can't expect it to start in a world that doesn't value honour, that doesn't believe in a God of honour. It starts in the church. It starts with us, me and you, saying, hey, we don't really care what the world thinks about honour. We're going to be true to what God thinks about honour. We're going to give honour where it's due. We're going to honour those who are older. We're going to honour the marriage bed. We're going to honour each other. We're going to walk in regard to each other. We're going to live differently. And as we do, we're going to be the salt that Jesus says we are, that brings flavour to a bland world. We're going to be the colour and the light that makes, makes God light up. You see, we don't make God famous. He made himself famous. He's got a book that no one can beat world bestseller. God is famous. We spread his fame. How do we spread his fame? By living his ways on the earth. Jesus, when he prayed for the church, he prayed this. He said, Lord, my prayer Father, isn't that you take them from the world, but you leave them in the world. But that they would know as I know, Father, they are in the world, but they're no longer of the world. Come on, let's make sure that the water of the world doesn't get into the ship of who we are. We can't afford to sink, and there's no reason we shouldn't sink. But we will if we let the things of the world come into the thinking of the church. We at Family Church, whether it be regarding parents, whether it be regarding marriage, whether it be regarding older people, whether it be regarding government in the land or church leadership or any other of the things that the Bible highlights are worthy of honour. We in Family Church choose to be a people who are honourable. Amen. Let me just pray for you now. You know, I know time's gone and uh, it's been a brilliant day, hasn't it, with all the dedications and the worship and uh, just finishing our series together, our family values. Next week, we're going to start the Christmas charge. And don't forget, I'm going to be online at 10.30 next week, but also we're going to be here together for Christmas celebration, 3 p.m. 
following week again at 10.30 here. But maybe you're here and you've never given your life to Jesus. You've never received the gift of salvation. How do you honor a giver? You take the gift, right? If somebody gives you a gift, how do you dishonor the giver? You reject the gift. How do you honor a giver? You take the gift. The Bible says that God has given a gift to humanity in Jesus Christ. And his gift is a gift of salvation and righteousness. Now, a gift isn't a trade and it's not an exchange. It's something that another person gives expecting nothing in return. Jesus Christ died on a cross to give each and every one of us salvation. But God won't make us take the gift. But if a person says he dies for me, he died that I could have a new life, and they receive the gift of Jesus Christ, the Bible says in that moment, their life is saved, born anew, born again. They receive a brand new start. Could we pray this prayer at the end of a service today? Every eye closed, every head bowed. Heavenly Father, thank you for giving Jesus. Thank you for the gift of salvation. Jesus, you died on the cross for me so that I could have a brand new life. I believe in you, Jesus. I honour you, Father, by receiving the gift of salvation. Jesus, I call you Saviour and I call you Lord. Just my every eyes closed, every head's bowed. If you're here and you've prayed that prayer for the first time or maybe you've never known a relationship with God and you want to know that you have a relationship with God today, ever so quickly, I'm going to ask you when I count to three just to lift your hand up if you prayed that prayer for you. And you want to start a journey with God today. You want to receive His gift of salvation. Here we go. One, two, three. Just go ahead and lift your hand up. You've got nothing to lose, everything to gain. Anybody today? And you say, yes, Andy, I'm receiving that gift of salvation today. It's going to wait just a couple more seconds. Is there, is there one? Is there two? Anyone that doesn't know where they stand with God this morning? Father, we thank you today for Jesus. We honour your Son and we thank you for the salvation that He has brought into our lives. Amen, amen, amen.